Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Good. We're looking at our third in the series of hospitality. And we're looking at hospitable church. That's not hospitable church. That's a hospitable church. And uh, we'll look at some of the things that we can see in the way in which the church was hospitable in the early days in the scriptures. Now, I wonder whether you've um, seen Downton Abbey or Poldark or anything like that. Uh, is, that um, is that your interest? Yes, yeah. yeah. A few nods, yes. Oh, it's going to be interesting to see what he does in France tonight. Anyway, uh, that's, uh, that's by the by. But uh, that looks back a few hundred years, and um, Downton Abbey looks back to earlier on in this century, and... and a last century, yeah, absolutely, last century. Where am I? Um, morning. Um, and that allows us to get a bit of an insight into how things were. And the interesting thing is in the poll dark thing last week, they needed to find out what was happening on a ship that was in the channel. And that's a matter of can we send people on horses to here and find out rumours from people who come back? And uh, uh, Do you know, if you're in the Caribbean and you're having a lovely holiday and you click WhatsApp send, two seconds later, I've got that on my phone. We get so used to that and it's a completely different thing. And so, you know, here is a different world. Now, we're going back further than that. We're going back to the first century. And we're going to have a little look into our special world that we don't, know, we don't really know, but we can see and we can get a, a bit of a glimpse of what it's like and how hospitality was done then and see whether that is, for us, an inspiration. Jerusalem at that time, was uh, a place of Jewish, the center of Jewish life. And Jewish life centered around meals and hospitality. They were very communal in their lives. The meal that we have just taken very symbolically today, it was a small amount of bread it was a small amount of juice or wine, was part of the most important feast that they had, Passover. But they didn't have just a small bit of bread and a small bit of wine. They had a whole feast, including a lamb. And they were very communal in that if somebody had too much to be able to use just for them, then they invited others in who didn't have enough. And so everybody was involved and everybody got together. It was a very communal, very hospitable place. But as you go back in the Jewish history, you can see that it wasn't just at that time. It was throughout the whole of the uh, Jewish experience from the time of Abraham. Abraham, we see, was very hospitable. What did we hear last time, the definition from Sim of hospital? Hospitable. <laughs> Hospitable means loving strangers. loving strangers. 
generosity, actually, was it? Or anyway, it's the the loving strangers uh, we were told. Abraham was uh, a great uh, point. In fact, he uh, reached out to people who were visiting. What would happen? They had three visitors come. It, it tells us in Genesis, and then Abraham goes and slaughters one of the uh, prize animals in the flock. They prepare it. They cook it. I mean, this is not just uh, oh, nice to see you have a cup of tea. Bye bye. This this was uh, really involved with caring and reaching out to people who were strangers, and then. They brought out, they baked bread specially. They put, did everything they could to make the people feel welcome. Now that is the environment in which the church was coming. And the church impressed the local people with the way in which they were hospitable. Now if the bar had been very low, then that impression, impressing people wouldn't have been too difficult. But the bar was really high as far as hospitality is concerned. The church excelled. So let's have a look at this period drama in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, and we'll just read these really familiar verses to anyone who knows the, of the early church. Acts, which tells us all about what acts the apostles did when Jesus had been raised from the dead. And these are verses from verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's have a look at what is happening here. First of all, these people were devoted. It says they were devoted to four things. Devoted means absolutely wholehearted. They were did no half measures. They were devoted to four things. The apostles' teaching, well, we've got the scriptures, and these, for us, is the basis of what we believe and how we uh, understand God. And so... Devotion to the scriptures means we give our full attention to what those scriptures have to say and believe them. They were devoted to the fellowship. And we'll come back to that just a little bit later in how we do that. They were devoted to the breaking of bread. And we've done that this morning. And it wasn't just breaking of bread, as we'll see later on um, in a formal sense, it was much more than that. They were devoted to prayer. They were devoted people. They were wholehearted people. Don't you just love it when somebody's totally wholehearted? 
Those are the kind of people that God wants us to be. Secondly, they were together. And it wasn't just that they were all packed into the same room. They were together in what they did and what they owned and how they worked with one another. Now, I'm just so blessed with the the fact that we have two financially helping charities involved with the church. It's an expression of our hearts to the world around us that we're involved with those who are suffering with difficulties financially and with those who uh, have too little food. But this is about how they were towards one another. Jesus said something very interesting. He said, the poor you will always have with you. There will always be those around us who are in need. But this shows us that within the church, there should be no needy persons. That's a good one to think about, isn't it? Perhaps a good one to dwell upon on Wednesday or Tuesday when you meet together in your connect groups. What does that really look like in practice? Now, clearly, if somebody had something to um, uh, a house to live in, if they sold that house, they'd be homeless. Not a lot of point in that. But if they've got a second home, or they've got something that they're not using, or something that is just an excess, and they sell that and give it, give the proceeds to somebody who needs it. Now, that's the sort of shape of things. Anyway, talk about it in Connect Group. Say, what does it mean, having everything in common? Does it mean that when you come round to um, uh, uh, share with somebody, that you share in their electricity bill? That's an interesting one, isn't it? Anyway, what what is sharing things, having everything together in common? Thirdly, they were selfless. What does it say here? Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to everyone as he has need. We've talked about that. And fourthly, they were together. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They met together, not just because they liked being together. It wasn't a club. It was to meet together in the temple courts. And we find out what they were doing when we read the other parts of Acts here. They were meeting together to praise and to worship God and to make him central to everything they were doing. So that's what they were doing when they were together. They were together in heart, encouraging one another, praising God, and connected together. There was nobody who was lonely, I would suggest. Again, that's another thing we perhaps need to meditate on. And then what does it say? They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So the, uh, the shared meals were a vital part of the life of the church. They were connecting with one another, not just in the temple, 
but they opened their homes to one another and shared with one another. Can you, can you visualize this? Can you visualize that church in Jerusalem? And people going from one house to another and um, turning up just before mealtime. Yet you can imagine the way that things worked. There was a connection together. There was a, a sense of community and they were sharing meals together. And in the midst of that, I believe, they used to take the bread and take the wine and say, thank you, Jesus, for what you did for us. And I know it's the practice of some of the connect groups to break bread together. And that's a great context in which to do it. And uh, is very much an image um, uh, that we see here in these passages. And then it goes on to say, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes uh, together with gladness, sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. They were praising God. It'll come up soon. They are God-centered. They were praising God. Everything they did centered around their adoration, their devotion, their commitment to God. Christ was center of everything that they did. And can I just make a little bit of an interpretation of this uh, verse, enjoying the favor of all the people? Let me ask you a question. If someone comes to criticize the church, what is the, the most heard word that you will hear? Sorry? Hip hypocrisy. Thank you. It didn't take long, and it was the first word that most people had in their minds. Hypocrisy is a word that comes from Greek, from the actors that were on stage that used to use a mask. And the mask covered what was going on behind them, what was actually happening on their face. And the, the word hypocrisy then, we can see, as far as we're concerned, means not living out what we're saying, not being true to ourselves, a lack of integrity. Now, I would like to uh, um, propose that what it says here, and enjoying the favor of all the people, is that the people could see there was integrity there. They did what they said, they said what they did, the whole thing held together. And I believe that we will have the favor of all the people if we are doing what we're saying, we're saying what we're doing, and we have integrity. And lastly, that wonderful verse that we all love to, to read, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Many were saved as a result of this hospitable church going out into the community. I want to give us just another little picture further on, and it very much deals with the uh, issue of sharing possessions and such like, and that is in Acts 4, verse 32 to 37. And it says this, 
All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, who was the, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. That's the last few verses of chapter 4. We can see what happened in chapter 5, but you can, uh, if you haven't read that one, do so. It's an interesting insight. But this is uh, the second episode of the, um, the passage we saw earlier on. Our period drama of the first century, we can see that they were actively doing the things that they said, and they were selling the things that they had that were in excess and giving what they had to the poor so that there was no needy persons among them. What a great aim for us to have. So how do we create that sense of hospitality in the church today? There's uh, quite a lot in our modern mindset that works against having this sense of health and safety. The sense of community, the health and safety issue of, oh, can we have strangers around? What about the kids and all the rest of it? And uh, should we uh, open up our homes? Should we tell them what our address is? You know, all those kind of things. You know, that there's a lot in our modern mindset that is not very conducive to this. There is also a mindset that I want to illustrate with two particular slides. Have a look at those four pictures. Have a look at these four pictures. Now, the other day, Elaine and I were listening to a tape, um, or tape, ages me, (laughs) listening to an, an app. Thank you. Um, it was uh, from Focus on the Family, and we were ta- it was talking about the issues of marriage. And one of the things that it encouraged us to do was to say three things that we would like our partner to do um, that would be a blessing to us. One of the things that Elaine said to me was that you don't look at your phone when we're... Um, to either just the two of us or together in, in, commun- in a group. And I've taken that to heart, not always 100% at it, but um, it is one of those things that, uh, oh, I think the phone's just wrong. You know, that kind of thought. And it's a diversion from connecting. You know, let me see your eyes. Um, and uh, so the, this... The two things here, I mean, they're taking selfies, but in a group, but all the rest here, there's a screen involved there um, in the the Wii thing, I think probably is, 
And, um, but that's, again, a community activity. And the thing about it is that there's a sharing of life, there's a connection between people. And we are in a unique age where the amount of opportunity for people to be solo for some reason or another is very high. We've all got our own devices, our own opportunities to sit and to be self-satisfied. And the church has a great opportunity in the midst of that to stand out as a beacon of community. Don't you think? Like never before we have that opportunity. So here is the uh, suggestion that we do that. Do you remember last week's um, Canadian hospitality video thing? Do you remember that? I thought that was very good. The uh, woman bringing her table out into the passage in the hotel and then everybody getting together, and, or flats or whatever she was in, and, um, and getting together with lots of other people and then the, the old bloke coming out at the end. That's terrific. And um, perhaps that's an encouragement just to bring that back to mind again and think, how can we do these things? I think um, it's, uh, it's quite enough you've heard from me. I think what we need is a few examples and stories. No one but like that, uh, but Elaine, to come and share these, a few stories. Come on down and come and show us. Do you know, hospitality is one of the things that I think we go through seasons in our lives. And I've recently felt incredibly challenged again about how open I am. You know, when the kids were sort of young teenagers, we had four children in six years. And um, when they were teenagers, our house was always full. I loved it. We had their friends, we had random people on the floor and um, everywhere. And there was one day we had got two students to try and help us make ends meet because at that time we were sort of tent making as we had planted a church thing. And um, a guy from the church turned up with a young man who was 16 called Jason who had two suitcases. Now why they thought we'd got space, I don't know. But um, anyway, this guy Tony said, oh, I've met Jason, he's got nowhere to live. I went, oh, we wondered, could you, have you got a bed for the night? I said, well, we've got two students who are down in that room. We've got the four kids upstairs. I said, we've got the dining room. So Jason, with his two suitcases, turned up and while he was there, just stayed in the dining room, he said, for a couple of days. He ended with us for over a year. And in fact, he contacted our kids a few years ago and said, hi, I'm your sort of half-brother on Facebook. There's your media coming in. And we're back in touch with him. But do you know, I reflected on that. At that time in our lives, we had YWAM phoning us up saying, oh, there's these two street people. They need somewhere to stay. I don't know what it was about our home at that time. But it also, not every experience was great. Jason was great. Some of the people we had weren't so great. 
And then you can close down out of fear, actually. And um, the children are now adults, like lots of you lot, with their own families. But they have challenged me in the way they are open-hearted. You know, I'm sat with my daughter, her four children, having a meal. Someone comes to the door. And before I know it, she's going, do you want to have dinner with us? I mean, we're sat at the table, and it's everyone shunts down and makes another place, and everyone joins in. My son, he gets the decorator around, has a quote, goes, do you want to bring your family around for a barbecue later? And it's that kind of challenge. And I thought, Lord, you know, help me. Help me to be a bit more spontaneous again. So I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. The other week, Jude said to me, Elaine... What are you doing for lunch? Oh, where's Trevor? I said, oh, he's away. What are you doing? I said, oh, I was going to go home and clean. Come for lunch. And bless her. Someone else is there for lunch. Just got stuff on the table. Now, there's a place for excellence. The place. There's a place for what have we got? Let's just stick it on the table and enjoy fellowship. I was so grateful. Jude just <laughs> stuck it on the table And we had a great time. So I thought, I'm going to do that again. I could only get round to saying to Trevor, I'm going to stick a chicken in the oven. Let's invite someone for dinner. Don't care who it is, someone we don't know. So off we come. I'm trying to see if they're here, these people. Good. Um, Because because Trevor said, oh, I've met this young couple. Let's invite them for lunch. I went, okay, so... Lovely couple. Trevor invited them. They said yes. He comes back to me and goes, oh, she's um, vegetarian and lactose intolerant. I thought, flip, I can't give a chicken. (laughs) So anyway, bless her, Jen. She had eggs instead, and we all enjoyed the chicken. Do you know, I think God wants us to have a sense of humour. But he wants to challenge us. There's a time for excellence. And I know some great, excellent, hospitable people in this church. They're just amazing. But it doesn't let the rest of us off the hook of just saying, come, let's expand what we've got. Let's be open. Let's invite the ones The folk we don't know so well. It's a treasure to have time together and enjoy company around food. That's my challenge. Good. Thank you. Great. We've seen a a little peek into the life of the first century church, which encourages us and also convicts us that there's something more we can be doing And we need to think about how we can do that. Now, in two weeks' time, it's the 9th of July. And on that day, we're having open connect groups. We're themed uh, eating events, lunches, whatever, on that day. Do get together with your connect group and think, who can we invite? What can we do that's going to be good fun? And we can express the love of Christ 
to um, people who may or may not yet be Christians. Good time to be thinking about that one. It's a time of adventure. We've been given our badges. And um, I brought along as well Sunny the Sunflower that's been um, standing in the greenhouse. That's why it's a little bit burnt on a couple of the leaves. But um, that's got lots more flowers all waiting to come out. It's um, an expression of um, a small seed being sown and something coming of it. And Sim handed out these seeds, for those that don't know, earlier on in the spring. And um, it took me four seeds to get one to work. But anyway, here it is. And uh, that will now have hundreds more seeds when it's matured. And um, in the same way, in our hospitality, if we just sow a few seeds, who's to say what God will do as we water and encourage those things? Maybe you're thinking right now, I'm not very comfortable with this. I can't see me ever selling anything I've got and giving to those in need. I'm fearful of having strangers in my house. Or maybe you're hurt in some other way and you think, today's the day I want to get free of these things. I want to be fully involved. I want to be devoted to all that the church is doing. And you want to be prayed for today. Well, please do take your opportunity. There is a prayer team available today. Please ask for prayer. They're wearing lanyards that says prayer team on it. So just if you don't know them, that doesn't matter. Just go and say, I'd like to be prayed for, please. And let's just commit ourselves to the Lord. Ask Jim to come back and the, and the team. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.